Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Social Work Radio with me, your host, Vince Piat. Once again, and always, I'm joined by my co-host, Tilly Baden. Tilly, my friend, how the devil are you? How have things been since you were last aboard the good ship SWR? Hello, everyone. Um, I'm good, thank you. But I think the question is, how are you? Because I heard that you've been in the wars this week and um, I'm feeling a bit sorry for yourself today. I'm in a bad way. Well, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm feeling sorry for myself, but I am in a bad way. So um, last week uh, on Thursday, um, I just did a parent assess assessment session with a young mum and she lived in a block of flats and I came out of the flats and there were signs everywhere saying slippy. I only, only noticed them after. And uh, it was really, really snow. It was, uh, those of you in England uh, will, will know that there's been a lot of snow about at the moment, particularly last week. And I slipped on the top of this concrete step and I went flying on my backside um, down this set of steps and uh, banged right off my lower back. And I've got like a really bruised coccyx. So I don't know if that's ever happened. Well, it might happen to you actually being a horse rider, Dilly. Is that something that's happened to you before? Yep, I've injured my coccyx on many occasions where I've fallen off. But um, yeah, not on concrete steps, though. That sounds really painful. It's it's the worst, like it's one of the worst injuries I've had. So, I mean, I had to drive back because I was away doing this visit. So I had to manage to drive home. But um, I haven't been able to drive since. I had to drive on Saturday because I had a, a, a really important thing that I had to do for a child that I'm supporting. Uh, and that you know, you know, on this show, guys, I advocate don't work evenings, don't work weekends. That's always with the caveat if it's an emergency. You know, I don't work evenings and weekends doing unnecessary paperwork or uh, buying into professional catastrophizing. I work evenings and weekends when it actually makes a valid difference to a child. So I had to drive on Saturday. There was nobody else could do it. I had to. I had to step up and do it. And that aggravated things. So this week. Um, I haven't been able to go to work. I mean, luckily, you know, I've, I've been able to work from home because, uh, as you know, Tilly, there's always paperwork to catch up on. And and this at times like this, I am grateful personally for the shift towards remote meetings and that remote style of working, which is, wow, look, we're entering almost. In fact, there's next week's episode, three years from lockdown. Come, come next week, it'll have been three years since the first lockdown here in the UK. Um but yes, yeah, so I've got a serious back injury to the extent where I can't walk or sleep or drive properly. And then um, to make matters worse, yesterday I had a root canal. So the two things added together, Tilly, my friend, um, do not make a happy bunny. They do not make a happy bunny at all. Do you at least get to have some fun painkillers or something to take the edge off? I don't I don't like painkillers. I'm not a fan. Oh. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not a fan of... I look, if I'm in... Serious, serious, serious pain. I, I will take a painkiller. Um, perfect example. Yesterday for my root canal, the uh, the dentist offered me pain treatment for my root canal. I says, "Now nah, just do it." So I had that without any injection or anything. No local anaesthetic. I just said, "No, crack on." I'm not a fan of painkillers. Oh, that's very brave of you, but maybe a little bit silly. I think I not just... that, that I'm advocating for people to overuse painkillers. Of course, they they can be dangerous things, prescription drugs. But um, yeah, I, I think I think you've earned it when you've got a root canal or you've fallen down some concrete steps. I think that's um, a, a good excuse. Uh, I just I just I just grin and bear it. I just gritted through. And look, I'm not saying everybody should be like that. Certainly not. But um, I'm not I'm not a fan of unnecessary medication. 
is your wife at least being supportive are you able to get out of housework chores um well she well she was away she was away this she was away sunday monday tuesday i was left with the kids so um i had to very tenderly explain to the children please do not take advantage of the fact that i can't run after you because the kids the kids are hard the car had to had to catch a kid in the best of worlds you know when i'm in the best of moods it's hard to catch a child but when i'm not <laughs> well, you know catch his uh, child <laughs> yeah well I, i'm catching my own children let's let's not feed into the stereotypes of a child protection social worker was a child catcher here dilly um but my kids are at the age you know my, my daughter's seven and my son's three and a half and he just loves to wind her up. Sometimes they'll just be sat there reading the books, playing a game, maybe, you know, doing a little drawing. And I'll catch her on the corner of her eye and he'll look at her and he'll just like, you know, when a cat gets overstimulated or a dog gets overstimulated, they just like grit the teeth and they don't know what to do. He'll do that and he'll just hit his sister just to get a reaction. So um, I thought having one child was hard. Having two children, it's, it's greater than the sum of its part. Because not only have you got to manage both of the children's own individual unique problems, but the two children together, it's like a chemical reaction. It's like mentors and coke. You know, when you put them together, they create sparks and they make their own problems. It's a struggle at the best of times when I'm left alone with them for three days because my wife's away for work uh, and I'm injured. Uh, it, it's it's been a difficult time, Tilly. It's been a di- I am looking forward to being able to leave the house and probably go back to work. I know that's a sad state of affairs, isn't it? Where work is the easier answer than your home life. Yeah. Well, look. I mean, let's 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 not get the violin out for me just yet. You know. What I mean, let's not <laughs> let's not get the. I mean, these are, these are basic suburban first world problems. Do you know? What I mean, I've I have injured my back and it is sore. I have had to have a root canal, but that's for the greater good. And the two children are mine. I did create them, you know, they're, they're made in the maker's image, to be honest. So all of the work, well, my wife continuously reminds me, actually. I don't know if all women like this or just my wife, but um, everything the children do good is thanks to her. All of the bad traits, that's all That's all me, apparently. And my mother was exactly the same. My mother is exactly the same. She blames all the good stuff on her, but um, blames all the bad stuff on uh, on my dad so i don't know if it's just my family but you know my own wife and my own mother both blame me uh for the faults but both blame the fathers for the faults in their own children one of them being me so maybe i could blame my dad maybe i say well all the badness came from my dad but they're not the good kids the prize winning kids actually that's why i refer to them as top tier kids i have got good children it's just struggle to manage them when i'm in a bad way Oh, well, I think I've been very sympathetic today. I'm, I'm quite surprised at myself at how sympathetic I'm being to you. Normally, I tell you to toughen up and and get on with it, but no, I, I feel for you. Bad back is um can be crippling. Do you know what I got? I got a present off a good friend actually. Um, a good friend sent me an orthopedic cushion, usually used for hemorrhoids, but boy, is it coming in for a treat for me right now. That's always a good thing about working in an MDT. When you have a problem, you just go to the physio <laughs> and say, well, can I have some equipment, please, from the equipment That's store? That's what I need. I need adaptive equipment. Anyway, I'm going to stop mourning. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to stop. I'm, I don't like to. I don't, I, well, actually, I do like to mourn, but I don't like to mourn about myself. I usually like to mourn about other things. Um, this segue, talking about someone who isn't mourning, um, we've, had a new, uh, we've had a new review. It's an unusual review, this, because... 
I'm sure last week, did, am I right in thinking Poppy Kate left a review last week, Tilly? I think so, yeah. Well, she's yeah. updated a review. Um, so Poppy Kate, if this is the same Poppy Kate as last week, it's definitely different reviews. So she says that she's left five stars and the title is Chocolate Gate. And uh, you may remember this, Tilly. Do you remember that uh, the story I told of Valentine's four shows ago? I, when I, I do, uh, it's ingrained in my memory. I can't forget it. I haven't had any hate mail yet, but uh, I've had some love mail, actually. Let's call this love mail. So Poppy Kate says, Chocolate Gate. Vince was absolutely right not to buy his male colleague any chocolate on Valentine's Day. I'm sure his lovely female colleagues appreciated this far more than he would have. So I've got some supporters, Tilly. You might not be a supporter, but um, Poppy Kate and Cottage Dweller, you know, a couple of, couple of fans, a couple of fans of the show. Actually, Cottage Dweller didn't particularly mention me, but uh, Poppy Kate has. So thank you, Poppy Kate. For, thank you for vindicating uh, my old-fashioned views. I'm still not convinced that you didn't write this review yourself. <laughs> it, it, well, do you think every week I'm just going to log in as Poppy Kate? Oh, we've got another review. It's Poppy Kate. Oh, yeah, well, Vince, what a handsome man he is. You know, oh, wow, he's the funniest. He's the best. He needs a pay rise. He needs a pay rise. No, it's not. I um, I'm I'm unaware of Poppy Kate, but yeah, I like her. I like her. So Poppy Kate, drop me a message. I'll buy. I'd buy you some chocolates, Poppy Kate. I'd buy you some chocolates. No bribing the listeners. Come on, Vince. That's not. She's already wrong. left. She's already left the five star review, hasn't she? So, <laughs> uh, she's it's not a bribery. It's a thanks. It's a gift. Talking about winners, uh, Poppy Kate's one. Um, on this week's show, we are going to be talking about the fact that a social worker has won Love Island. Listeners, I may have mentioned this before, but the way we, way we do the show is I'll do all the, 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 the preparatory notes and I'll um, do some research in the show and I'll find out what links we're going to be discussing, do the main themes, and I'll basically break it down to what I call a prep sheet. And I usually send that over to Tilly um, at least a day or two before we record the show. So I sent this over to Tilly. Uh, me and Tilly had a catch-up last night. And the title of the show, as you'll, as you'll have seen from downloading this, is A Social Worker Has Won Love Island. And uh, Tilly let me know yesterday evening when we were having a catch-up with the, uh, the editorial team and the writers group as part of Social Work News. Tilly let me know that she had never watched an episode of Love Island. Is that still correct, Tilly, or have you been cramming it over the past 24 hours? Do you know what? There's part of me that really wanted to watch an episode just in preparation, but I haven't had time today. I thought I might be able to squid in an episode in between um, finishing work and recording the podcast, but I haven't. I didn't manage to finish work on time. Story of a social worker's life, really. Um, so no, I have still never seen an episode of Love Island. So I feel like I'm going in a little bit blind to this episode. Um, so I am relying on you to take the lead. You are aware of Love Island, though. You, you, you are aware of the concept that there is this show called Love Island. I am, indeed. I don't think anyone is going to miss that concept, considering how prolific it is on social mm. media. But, um, yeah, I've never been tempted to watch it. Well, given we've got listeners in a, around 100 countries and we've got readers on Social Work News of, uh, I think, 150 countries at the last count, um, there may be people who aren't aware of Love Island. And some people might say they are the lucky ones, Stilly. Some people might say ignorance is bliss when it comes to Love Island. I might not say that, but I might. Who knows? I'll just throw that out there. Um, for those of you who aren't aware of Love Island, essentially, 
It is a reality TV show where they take a group of uh, young males and females, most of them in their 20s, I would say mid-20s, 22, 23 is the average age. They are mostly uh, gym fit people, I would say, attractive Sexy. Some people might use that word to describe them. Um, sexy young singles who are thrown together in a villa. Um, it's uh, in Spain. It's twice a year. It's held in Spain in the summer. And the winter edition, which has just finished and we'll be reflecting upon, that's held in South Africa. So essentially, you get a group of uh, young, attractive, single males and females. You throw them together in a, in, a, in a nice uh, plush villa and you record them getting up to various antics and coupling and uh, essentially it is a competition and the winner of the show, the winners, should I say, are the couple who are deemed to be the favourites. So you've got to couple up with somebody and uh, you're like, you'll, be, you'll be my girlfriend or you'll be my boyfriend or partner, however you want to describe it, or lover. And essentially these people couple up and they kiss and canoodle and go on dates. And at the end, the, the British public vote and they think, oh, well, those two young people who are now together, they're my favourites. Do you think I've done an apt, uh, an apt job at describing that there, Tilly? I mean, it sounds riveting. I mean, why wouldn't you want to watch that? Why of course. You? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> um, I've watched one full series, actually. The full series I watched was the one three years ago that was won by Tommy Fury and Molly Mayhag. The reason I watched that is uh, my son was born two days before it started and I had two weeks paternity leave. Uh, just mostly when you have a newborn child, you're just sort of locked down in the home, sat there with a sleeping baby. And uh, my wife watches Love Island and I got into it. And I, I liked the fact that Tommy Fury was in there, as I've uh, spoke about on the show before. I'm a big fan of the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury, and uh, Tommy is his younger brother. So I liked the fact that there was a boxer in there, a Fury. And uh, there was another lady, the lady that won it actually called Amber. She was a Geordie, not too far from where I live. So I've watched one full show. But I did get back into this episode because on Valentine's Day, a social worker entered, and that social worker, her name is Sanam. So for those of you who aren't aware, um, Sanam Harananan is a 24-year-old social worker from Bedford. She's been a social worker who's been qualified for a year now, and she entered Love Island as part of the Casa Amor section. So the Casa Amor section is where people get put into the show about two-thirds of the way through, and these are newly single people, and their job, essentially, Tilly, it's quite exciting, this, my friend, their job is to tempt, tempt the coupled-up partners and say, you know, dump your lover and come with me. And that's how Sanam entered. So a social worker was dropped into the villa, and her only way of staying on the show was to steal someone else's man. What do you think about that, Tilly? Is it is it tempting you now, and I've added that bit of intrigue? <laughs> I mean, it's not really my thing, but I can understand oh, why people it's would exciting, find that. Isn't it? It, it's it, exciting. Yeah, it is exciting, I'm sure. A um, bit of drama. We all love watching a bit of drama, don't we? So Sanam won. So Sanam ended up coupled up with um, Kai Fagan. And what was, uh, I mean, like I say, I've, I've dropped, I've, I've written all the stories on social work news about this. So I've sort of dropped in and out and caught, caught clips of it relating to Sanam. Um, 
But what's been really cute about their story is that even though they met in uh, you know awkward ways, given that she you know she took she took Kai for her own, and he was coupled up with someone else, and she says, "I'll have you, you'll do for me." Um, they have ended up being really really compatible. They're the same age. They both come from a Caribbean background, and she's a social worker, and he is a school teacher. And all of the clips I've seen of them and the episodes that I've caught parts of, they just seem to be really chilled and really, really, you know, a, a really nice compatible couple. So the one on Monday, um, and they had a really nice interview after the show, and she's actually shared what she's going to um, spend her winnings on, and she said. I came from social work, working with children who have been adopted. I know that sometimes in my area there can be limited services. So for me, I want to be able to do something to aid and support them, being an advocate for them. So I don't know about you, Tilly, but I'm like the Grinch. It's making my heart swell, that is, man. It's making my heart swell. I mean, it's lovely, isn't it? Um, there's so many things that that you would normally expect, perhaps, winners of these sorts of reality TV shows to go on and do. But for her to come out and say, no, she's going to support um, vulnerable children and, and stick with her social work groups, I think that's lovely. I mean, um, I haven't seen any clips of, of, of the show or anything at all, but she sounds she sounds like a, a lovely lady. She does. She she has come across really well, actually. I mean, inevitably, there's been criticism from certain sections of the social work community, and we'll uh, we will get on to some of those a little bit later in the show. Um, let's talk about reality TV shows in general, Tilly. There has been some criticism towards Sanam, and we will get into that. But I'll just touch on it. There's been some criticism towards Sanam from certain people within social work who have said that her going on a show such as Love Island does not reflect favourably upon the profession, given the nature of the show, given that it's, you know, it could be seen as, you know, um, quite salacious and sort of, you know, risque in a way. And there's a lot of people dressed in bikinis and, you know, the whole purpose of the show, it can be a lot of sexual tension. People have said that it's inappropriate. We'll discuss that more in general later, but let's talk about reality TV show in general. Do you think it is wise for practicing social workers to go on reality TV shows? I mean, if you want to return to social work afterwards, I think you're on potentially dodgy ground. Um, I mean, I I think that we should be able to, depending on the show, Um, and it depends on your behaviour on the show. If you're going to go on a, a, a reality TV show and I don't know, get up to all sorts of mischief and I don't know, have sex on TV or something, then obviously that's not going to be compatible with you returning to social work. And I think there'd be very few people who would um, who would probably argue with that and, and that there have to be some boundaries. But generally, I think it's important that social workers are seen as human beings. And if they're behaving in a generally good decent way and they just happen to be on a reality tv show i don't think it should make any difference and it really annoys me that we get put on a pedestal as, as mm. social workers when other professions that i would call our allied professionals so people like teachers doctors nurses health professionals people that work in the police or emergency services 
they seem to be able to go on reality TV shows and don't receive the same criticism. Is it just social workers that receive this? And um, if so, that's really unfair. I mean, it should be no different if you're in any sort of profession um, that you plan to return to. You shouldn't be get you shouldn't be treated differently as a social worker compared to other helping professions. My question would be, though, Terry, is where does this criticism come from? Does it actually come from Social Work England and employers and the government and our unions? Or does it come from fellow social workers deciding to police one another? Well, certainly the the loudest voices are from fellow social workers. Um, a lot we've seen a lot of comments on social media these last few weeks about mm-hmm. um, Sanam and and we're, when we've seen similar stories in the past we've seen equally sort of vocal social workers that are slating their their fellow professionals um, I, I think as far as I'm aware our professional regulator and our our bodies that govern us has been quite quiet on the matter I've never really seen them react to these sorts of news stories before and say actually no she she can't come back to the profession I, I I don't think I've seen any reaction from them at all and rightly so I I think that the riskiest thing that Sanam did on Love Island was put some chocolate body paint on her partner Kai you know it's not as if we saw them having uh, full-blown intercourse uh, sorry if you're listening with your children. I've just used the term full-blown intercourse. I've said it twice now. Sorry, I better stop. Um, then again, you sh- probably shouldn't be listening to a social work podcast with your children, given that, you know, we don't swear, but there are some risky topics, uh, including full-blown intercourse, which I've now said three times. I better stop. <laughs> stop I better saying stop. the word. <laughs> I better stop now. So yeah. she has, but she hasn't. Uh, it's, she hasn't uh, copulated. Is that a safer word to use, Tilly? I mean, you used the word sex, didn't you? Should I just use that to stop being old-fashioned? Yeah, just just say it as it is. She has not been on TV um, mating. Oh, no, that's worse. That's Did worse. You use the word mating. I suppose you couldn't. If you're using contraception, mating wouldn't be the correct term, would it? Just say sex. What would be a term like mating? Because like, if you were saying, well, I'm go- you got to mate with someone, that would imply that you are wanting a child. But I mean, these young people, we advise them to take precautions. So, you know, they actively, you know, they probably don't want, I can't imagine, imagine having, you know, being a child that was conceived on Love Island. That would be a difficult story, wouldn't it? That would scar that child for life, I'm sure, as everyone has watched the, their parents the, create their The child. regulator anyway, would probably have something to say then. The regulator probably. Pro- but she hasn't done that. The whole point is... No, no. I went hasn't. down a bit of an alley there. Um, the whole point is that she hasn't... The, the worst thing she's done is uh, had licked, licked some chocolate body paint off her partner. Uh, who hasn't done that, Tilly? Who hasn't done that on national telly? I mean, each to their own, but um, uh. yeah, <laughs> you're making me blush, Vince. <laughs> it's not the. It's not. It's. It's not. All, all I'm saying is, I, I think that if Social Work England were to pick up a case on this, the backlash would be. I think it would be a massive PR on goal for them. I really would. But the criticism that I've seen of her comes from fellow social workers. I go, she shouldn't be doing that. Actually, you know, I'll, go, I'll read some of them out now. I'll read some of them out. Are you ready for this, Tilly? Are you ready to hear some of the criticism that Sanam's had? 
oh, I love reading a few trolls. Come on, bring out the keyboard warriors. Let's see what oh, they have to well, say. Well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. Ref- I mean, these are followers of my Facebook page, Tilly. So oh, I don't okay, want to. Okay. I don't want to criticize. Not, I mean, not in general. You might call them fans. So let's not refer to them as trolls. Okay, these are followers. The people with a view, vos, vociferous people. I'm not going to read the names out, but I'm just going to read some of these out. Uh, so these are some of the comments on a few of the stories that I've wrote about Sanam recently. I don't think it's appropriate for a social worker to be on a programme like Love Island that's in the public domain. How could she be taken seriously by families, professionals, and if she had to get evidence in court? Do you agree with that or not, Tilly? Yeah or nay? No, no, no. nay. Definitely not. Right. This next one. Is this a proud social work moment, question mark? Evidently implying it isn't. Do you think we should be proud as a profession to have Sanam on Love Island? I'm quite indifferent about it. I mean, she sounds like a nice lady, but I have no opinion, really. I don't know if she's a good social worker or not. Who knows? That's for her her colleagues and her manager or former manager to, to say. Social workers are registered and their behaviours in and out of the workplace have to be to a standard. So I don't know how she got away with it, especially when she had the lingerie on in the hideaway. So, oh, it looks as if there was more to that. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and change the scenario. She was licking chocolate body paint off her partner whilst wearing lingerie. Is that is that a reason enough? Has she uh, has she failed to uphold her profession? Is, is she bringing the profession into disrepute, Tilly? Oh, that's what it gets a little bit. Or I don't know. I'd have. Ooh, I'm not sure. I think you could argue it either way. I mean, it, it's starting to get closer to the line. I mean, just the. I don't know. Would you? Would it depend on how much of the body's covered? Would it depend on whether the lingerie was lacy or not? You know, what would what would be a dividing line? Would it Would it matter <laughs> whether it was a if it was a per una from from M and S? Is that fine? But if it's you know a fig leaves or a, I don't know um, uh, Anne Summers, where do you draw the line? What is acceptable lingerie for a social worker to wear on television whilst licking body paint off her partner, and what is unacceptable? And what part of his body was she oh, licking? Oh, well, yeah, good point. Good point. If I, it's, I, I um, mean, chest upwards, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of variables in this equation. I mean, it's it's making me cringe a bit. And in, in so by the fact that it's making me cringe, I'm kind of thinking it's kind of stepping into the not really acceptable for a social worker to do but equally I still stand by the fact that other professionals have been on Love Island before we've had I believe doctors that are still going back and and working in hospitals and paramedics and various teachers and, and all sorts of professionals before they've gone back to their ordinary jobs and haven't had a problem so I don't see why it should be any different for a social worker Yet, on the other hand, I'm feeling really quite uncomfortable with, um, yeah, the lingerie and the the licking. Hmm. Um. I mean, most of the other comments are kind of in that vein, essentially. Um. Look, that I don't think they're overly critical. I don't think it's too negative. I think it's 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 questioning, as you kind of had there, Tilly. It's questioning. You know, it's going to be difficult for it to go back, and that's the question I'm going to put to you. Is Regardless of whether she would be allowed to go back or not, 
you know, whether, whether, you know, she would be professionally allowed to go back. Do you think there is a route back into frontline social work after you've been on a reality TV show and a nationally recognized reality TV show like that? Yeah. See, I, I think probably not. Um, I think frontline child protection, probably not because most of, well, a lot of the people that you will be supporting will have probably seen the show. I mean, I don't want to stereotype or generalise here, but it's going to sound like I'm going to anyway. But if you're working in an older person service and your only sort of contact with people that use your services is someone with dementia that's probably not watching Love Island, that's it's going to be less relevant. But if you've got the target audience um, of Love Island within your client group, then it's going to make it more difficult. Um, that's not stereotyping um, at all, Tilly. That's just no. I think the, the demographic will the demographic Love Island viewers will uh, will bear that out. I think it's yeah, it's it's a valid point, and I think it's an objective point you're making there. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they aren't targeting Love Island at, at people in in care homes with dementia. I'd they, watch so. that. I'd watch that, Tilly. I don't you'd, know about you, you'd but you'd want to watch it. I'd watch that. <laughs> I bet you'd watch that. I probably would. There's, too, there's, yeah. yes, you're right. There, there we go. You know, there's your pitch. There's your make your millions, Tilly. Go, go and pitch that to ITV2. Right. You, you love that. You know, Love Island's popular. Yeah. Well, how about this? Uh, love Island for the older generation. Yeah. I'm love not Cruise. Quite sure what that would be. Love Cruise. The older love Cruise. Love Cruise. Mm. The older generation like a cruise, don't they? Yeah. Well, some of the younger generation do too. I'm, I'm tempted. I'm I'd like a very- cruise. I, I can imagine you liking a cruise. Yeah. I, I I feel like that's right up your street in terms of holiday. Very regimented. About- You'd have a timetable. Yeah. You'd be able yeah. to research the restaurants to pick yes. which ones that you were going to yeah. eat. Your, mm-hmm. your children would be entertained. I, I can yeah. I can I can see it. I think you're a cruise person. Uh, well, I've been on a cruise. I've been on a cruise a couple of times before. I've been on a mini cruise to Amsterdam uh, a few times before. I'm a big Farm after Amsterdam soon, actually. I'm going to Amsterdam two months' time to see a, a Bruce Springsteen concert. We're going to hear all about your many Bruce, Bruce Springsteen concerts throughout the year, aren't you? You're do you know what? Do you know what I might do, actually? Um, I might do the show live from Amsterdam. So, that would listeners, be very exciting. In about 10 weeks. Uh, do you know what, listeners, actually? If uh, if any of you are listening, I'll put out. Uh, do you know what? Bing on an idea there, Tilly. Uh, so firstly, if any of you listeners listening right now are in Amsterdam or in a connected town such as Visp or somewhere like that that I can get to, uh, hit me up. We'll do a live show. If not, I'll put something out on Facebook and uh, put the feelers out. To you. Imagine that. I could do a vlog. Vince's vlog in the dam. Oh, wow. Social work in Amsterdam. Yes, please. I'll have some of that. Social work radio on tour. I love it. Oh. I love it. Excellent. A bit of, a bit of like getting out there, meeting the people. Um, I've got a friend, a good friend of mine, Becky. She was on a dating show called Take Me Out. Are you aware of Take Me Out, Tilly? I'm aware of it, but again, I haven't seen it. I don't I don't really watch much TV, but so I feel very out of the loop. But yes, I I've heard of it. So I'll explain this to uh, our listeners again. What a, what a, I feel like I've had, I'm having to explain all these TV. I feel like the Radio Times today. I feel like the Radio Times describing all these shows. Um, so for our international audience and those in this country here, England, who aren't aware of it, Take Me Out as a dating show. And the premise of the dating show 
is that you have 30 women who are all stood behind plinths that have a light on the top and a, and a young, eligible bachelor male. Well, I think bachelors can only be male, can't they? So a young, eligible bachelor is sent down a, a, a tube, almost like a lift. He comes down whoop, in this tube and he walks out and doesn't even utter a word. And without saying a word, the host, Paddy, uh, what's his name? Paddy? Paddy McGuinness. Paddy McGee. I was going to say Paddy McGee. Um, Paddy McGuinness. <laughs> thinking that you know more about the show than me. Paddy McGuinness, he says, well, girls, you know, no likey, no lighty. And if they don't like the man, they can uh, press the button and the light goes out. And it's quite brutal because the basin is just on the look. And there's a couple more rounds. You know, there's a video round where they go and they look at his friends and family. They talk about what a nice guy he is and what his hobbies are. And there's a final round where he does a talent, like he has to put on a show, like he'll uh, make a cocktail or throw some knives or do a bit of juggling or maybe do a bit of singing. In each of the three rounds, so just looking at him, finding out about his life from his family, then finding out his talents. And at the end, the girls have got their lights left on. And then the man goes in, the tables are turned, he turns their lights off, and there's two left at the end. And he asks them a final question, and he ends up with one. Um, that's essentially... Uh, have I described that well enough, Tilly, again? Do you think that's that will give a picture for the, uh, for the audience? Yeah, I think, um, yeah... You described it very well. I just wanted to check there because I didn't. I didn't think I'd be having to describe. You know, take me out tonight as well. Um, my friend was on that, and she is a. You know, she's a social worker. Um, Becky's been a social worker for oh god, six years now. Six years, seven years. Yeah, I think I think I met her when she was like just starting out, and I was about four or five years qualified. Uh, and she was on that show, and uh, she actually ended up going to the Isle of Fernando. I, t- I forgot to say actually. The, the girls that are picked to go uh, by a man at the end, they end up going to this place called the Island of Fernando and they go on a holiday with them and then the cameras film them and, you know, we see whether they hit it off or not. So my friend Becky was one of the ladies that was picked at the end and she actually went on, on Love Island and she actually ended up going on a date with someone. And um, given that, you know, Take Me Out was a massively popular show that was on Saturday night primetime TV, watched by millions of people. She used to get recognised all the time. And do you know what, Tilly? Even though, like, she was sometimes recognised, people would only say to her, oh, you know, you're that girl off off, uh, Take Me Out, aren't you? She never got any real criticism for it. She never had any trouble with her employees. And uh, she took it in a stride. She really enjoyed the experience. So, yes, Obviously, she wasn't as big a part of the show as Sanam was, and she you know, wasn't as well-known as Sanam will end up being. But for me, um, I've seen firsthand that you know, it doesn't hold people back. And, and I, I would go so far as to say that I honestly think we're our own worst enemies in social work, that all this criticism, it comes from fellow social workers being judgy towards fellow social workers. And how often do we see that, Tilly? How often do me and you get criticised for the stuff we've said on this show, the stuff we've written about, or mostly you get criticised just for associating with me? And it's never from our employers. It's never from Social Work England or Basra or the government or people in positions of power. It's always just from fellow social workers who for some reason have decided their views are more important than other people's and they should tell other people what they can and can't do. Essentially like fort police taking, you know, taking their own decision to dictate to other people how they should live their lives. That's my take on it anyway. And it's a really sad, sad state of affairs, isn't it? Because social workers are supposed to be non-judgmental mm. and empathetic people. 
and yet we can't be to our own. And yeah, as you were just saying, I mean, my employer has been nothing but supportive about what I do uh, with social work news, social work radio and things. So, uh, and I get shout outs on directorate corporate emails sometimes saying, oh, has any fellow social workers listened to what Tinny does? I mean, no one cares yet equally we get mm. trolls and people that are very critical of us just because we've got a voice in social work. It's tricky, isn't it? I just, people are always very quick to get behind their keyboards and actually yeah. half the time, if they actually met us face to face or or met Sanam or Becky or any of these people that have been in the public eye within social work, that they wouldn't come up with, with half the things that they would write online. Becky's probably the nicest person I've ever met in social work, to be honest. She hasn't got a bad bone in her body. And uh, yeah, I mean, she just went on Take Me Out because it sounded like fun. It sounded like a fun thing to do. And it was fun and it was enjoyable and it's light entertainment. And, and you know, you know, my view, Tilly, I think, that, you know, if, if you're not, if, as long as you're not doing anything illegal or purposely setting out to intentionally hurt somebody else, then you should be allowed to do what you want. I think, though, that. I think Social Work England and other regulators could perhaps be better at saying it's okay to have a personal life because it's almost like the bogeyman. It's like this fear of, you know, that definition of bringing the profession into disrepute is so loose. It's it's very subjective. It's a subjective interpretation. Uh, and, and it can lead people to be very scared. I mean, I, I remember my first day at university. One of the first things that I was told at university when I started my social work master's 13 years ago was, um, 12 years ago it was now, 12 years ago was, uh, right, you shouldn't say anything at all. You shouldn't write anything at all. You should really come off social media. Don't have a public view. Hope to God that there's no videos or pictures out there of you enjoying an alcoholic drink with your friends. And the fear of God was put into us, Tilly, that we literally couldn't say or do anything. And this this is a this is a tale that I hear from social workers all over the world. They're told very similar things. Will you ever have that? Did you ever have that scaremongering when you were at university or on placement? Straight away. It was one of the first things yes. that was talked yes. about. And I really rebel against that. And actually, that's one of the reasons why I've, I've wanted to write and podcast from my own name. And, mm. and because actually, I am a human being and I have a job, which many other people in the world have. And yeah. I don't need to be defined by like every action that I do in my personal life is not always linked to my career. I can yeah. do be a human being and have relationships and go out and party and have a drink and and like you say as long as you're not doing anything illegal or anything that's harming other people just let people be we need to be far less judgmental so in that case tilly i suppose the lingerie and chocolate body paint is okay with you uh, yeah I, I mean it is and uh, and i would i would i think she should be allowed to continue practicing if that's what she wants to do if she's a good social worker and there's no reason why she shouldn't continue in terms of the, the support that she's giving to children and families yeah like we're, we're short of social workers and, and <laughs> come on if she's yeah. if she's good at a job we need her yeah, um, exactly yeah why, why should that be any different and I think look from what I've seen she she's carried herself really really well um you know I mean 
yeah, people might criticise her for wearing a bikini, but she was dressed sort of more modestly than other people. She quite often had a skirt around herself. You know, she she connected with a, a man that she clearly has, you know, a, a true affection for. That He's a teacher, she's a social worker. A lot of the time on the telly, she was talking about being a social worker. And then when she's been interviewed after the show, she's given a shout out for a social workers working with adopted children and actually explained that this is an underrepresented community and she'd love to spend some of her winnings advocating for them. How can this not be a positive role model? Now, look, I'm not, I'm not going to go on to start, you know, question our readers' sex lives here, but um, you know, I, I can't imagine too many of us listening to this have uh, licked chocolate body paint off a off a lover uh, on television, but um, I'm pretty sure that people get up to all sorts of stuff in the privacy of their own bedroom, Tilly. Uh, uh, no comment. I mean, I don't want to even go down that route. I'm not asking but... you. This wasn't. This wasn't. This wasn't. <laughs> this, I need to be very clear here. Okay, this wasn't. This isn't. This isn't some sort of segue. I'm not. I'm not looking. I'm not looking for that. I'm sorry if it's come across that way. That's a that's a whole different type of podcast, right there. <laughs> <It is. laughs> we're in well, the wrong genre. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. 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 We're not, that's that's not what we're talking about. I'm simply saying that you know that what we've witnessed on telly. I imagine is extremely mild compared to what many of our listeners may be looking forward to getting up to on an evening with their respective loved one. I'm sure it is. And the criticism about wearing a bikini. I mean, I personally don't wear bikinis because I think I would look like a marshmallow. But um, yeah, why can't, who doesn't? wear swimsuits when they go on holiday or show a bit of skin or it's just it's ridiculous criticism it's just completely and utterly unfounded it's very prudish isn't it i think given i worry that if this is criticism that some social workers are given of a fellow social worker on television then what sort of standards are they holding the people they support at work to yeah because if that's, that's not really acceptable if mm. that's not acceptable well, uh, you know, how 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 do you feel about you know, how do you feel about an you know an eighteen nineteen year old uh, you know young person you're dealing with having a couple of different sexual partners that's consenting and it's on their choice? What are you going to start saying that's risk taking behaviour when it's normal for most teenagers of that age? This is, I think, this is where you get into a sticky area of setting yourself up as morality police. You know, yes, look. Of course, there are safeguarding risks. We have to be aware of contextual safeguarding risks. We have to be aware where, you know, normal risk-taking behaviour can generate into serious issues. We have to be aware of vulnerabilities and so on. But if you've got a mind, I worry that if you've got a mindset of, oh, well, this social worker should be struck off, how dare, how dare a social worker go on a reality TV show? I worry what that mindset leads to when you're considering the human rights and the Mental Capacity Act and the rights of people to make their own decisions, you can be setting a dangerous precedent there, can't you? If you overstep the boundaries and say, well, not only am I going to, not only am I going to intervene when there's a risk or an unmet need, but I'm going to intervene now based upon what I think you shouldn't, shouldn't be doing and what I think's moral or not. It's a very dangerous precedent to set that, isn't it, Tilly? It is. And I love the fact that you've just mentioned my two favourite pieces of legislation, the Human Rights Act and the Mental Capacity Act. I've teed you up, Tilly. The floor's all yours. Go for it. I've set you up. Amazing. 
Bang. Hit it out the park. Go for it, my friend. Go for it. I could I could talk about these pieces of legislation all day. But I mean it 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 falls down to the the very fundamentals of social work values about having our our own rights to make our own decisions and, and having us as autonomous human beings, us having liberty to do what we like, and we make our own decisions and choices. That is the very essence of being human. And to take that away or to somehow police that based on another person's judgment is is we're in very dangerous territory if you're doing that. And actually, I, I will I will stand up and say you have no business being in social work if that's your view on the world. There we go. So again, body paint and laundry, fine with you? I mean, I wouldn't say it's fine with me, but I, I'm not going to say that she can't be a social worker because she's done that. Well done. Well done, Sanam. Well done. You have, uh, you've won the show and you've won Tilly Round. <laughs> we should get her on the show. That would be amazing. Oh, I, I wish. Now, come on, look. In our own field, we do well. In, I mean, she, she may, you know, she may very well be a follower. She, you know, uh, I'll have to check. I'll have to check our Facebook fans. Um, she may very well. But yeah, I, I, look, I would love it. But I think in our field, we're quite big fish, but... I'm not sure when she's like on the front page of the tabloids and on the front page of the glossy mags. I'm not sure we could tempt her on the show just yet, Tilly. Maybe in a couple of years' time, no. when a star's fallen, okay? When a star has waned, we can maybe tempt her on the show. But I'd love, don't get me wrong, I'd love to. Closest I've got to getting a real genuine celebrity involved is I, I once got an email from Brené Brown's uh, secretary. Did I tell you that I got one Scott? Did I tell <gasps> no, you that or not? you didn't. Oh, my I'm gosh, so... I'm her biggest fan. Tell well, me well, what. Well, well I, I got one from a secretary, so that's the closest that I got to Brené Brown. <laughs> Doesn't matter. What yeah. What was this about? I need to know more. Um, I We were doing the um, lockdown. Lockdown. It was lockdown. So when we were in lockdown, I was going to do a series of live broadcasts and like live radio shows, essentially a podcast, but I would broadcast live on, on Facebook. Um, just a way of connecting social workers. Obviously, there was a lot of there was a lot of worry. If you go back like three years ago when it all started happening, people were very disconnected and there was a lot of worry. You know, it was it was a really scary time. So I started planning a radio show and it just I mean, it obviously never started, but um, as part of the planning. I emailed various people to see if they'd be interested. And Brené Brown's secretary got back to me and said she would be interested in this, but she's currently writing a book project, so she wouldn't have the time right now. That's the closest I got, Tilly. I imagine I'd probably get a similar response from Sanamis, a similarly polite, no, thank you, not right now. (laughs) We can dream. We can dream. We can dream. Talking about dreaming, Tilly, last question. Would you ever go on Love Island? Oh, no. No one would want to see me, as I said, in a bikini. And I'm, no, doing, no, no, no. So I, I, I'm going to intervene here. So you're, you're, you're an attractive young lady, okay? And don't knock yourself. Would you go on Love Island, regardless of what you think other people's perceptions might be, would you go on Love Island? If, a, if I came up to you and says, Tilly, we need you on Love Island. We're desperate. The public are crying out. They need a woman like you on Love Island. Would you be up for it? No, I'm far too much of an introvert. I mean, that might come across as a surprise to some of the listeners by the fact that we're doing a podcast right now, but it's very different sitting in my own home recording with you than it is thinking to be on on national TV. No, no, I couldn't do it. I'd be too shy. 
What about any TV show? Would you do the news? So let's so say let's let's take the reality TV element out. If you, because you say you're shy, but you've just presented to how many people the other week as part of your uh, the mental capacity workshop? How many people did you present? Oh, to? but that's in my comfort zone. I can talk about work. I could talk go. about. Yeah. Would you go on the national news? Or would you go on like Sky News, BBC News, something like that, if it was specifically in relation to your work? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I could talk about work all day to anyone or everyone. Um, that's easy. It's when it's talking about myself that I would be really shy. But I could flip the question to you, but I know the answer already. So I would go on Love Island. I would love. I would love to oh, go on Love Island. <laughs> I was talking about Sky News. I'd be like, I'd be like, I'd be like the father <laughs> figure, wouldn't I? I'd be like the father figure. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be coupling up with anyone. But I'm like, what I might do. Is I might couple up with somebody, but just in like, you know, just in a friendly way, just be friends, not like friends of benefits, not like exploit them and say, oh, well, I want, I want to be your friend. I want the benefits, but I don't want, because that's what people do these days, don't they? Now, I'm not going to, there's like, there's a rude word, isn't there? Something buddies that people use these days. I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to be someone's, you know, rude buddy. I would just, I would say if there was like a, a lady there who was uh, struggling, struggling to make a connection, I'd be like, well, do you know what? I'll look after you. We can couple up. We can stay in the show. We'll just be friends, you know, and maybe hold hands, maybe hold hands as we're strolling around the villa. And uh, then if I had a young man come in, I'd say, there you go. You found your man. And that's the, I, I would, I would go on Love Island as a, as a father figure. And, and, and the young lads, I would sit and give advice. I could imagine, you know, come on lads, you've had a, or you're having a difficult time with your girlfriend there. And I would, I would offer them some sage advice from my uh, many years experience in the, uh, in the old romance and game. Do you know what this is giving me vibes of? Have you seen what? the American Pie le- movies? Mr. I love Levenstein. the American Pie movies. Probably my favourite. Uh, probably my favourite. Amazing. Yeah. Mr. Levenstein, you would be... That would that be me. Would be him. That would be that you. Would be me. That, that, is yeah. the, that, is the, that is That is exactly the kind of father I will be to my son. When he's old oh, enough to, when he's old enough to start thinking about romance, I'll be like, "Well, well, son, back in the day, you know, <laughs> <laughs> back in the day, <laughs> well, oh, captain, <laughs> well, captain, <laughs> I know a thing or two." Uh, so yeah, I could. I think I would go and I would play that role. I'd be happy playing that role. That role would suit you just fine. I think yeah. that, that you'd make quite an entertaining character. I think a lot of viewers would actually find that quite amusing. I think I'd be up for that. I, th- I think I think I think I would be up for that. And you know, it was a role, but what I'd be careful is I wouldn't I wouldn't want to uh, get into like the sleazebag role, like a sort of uh, you know Wayne Lineker or anyone like that. I wouldn't want to be like you know the creepy like a Peter Stringfellow or like a, you know a, a Lothario style. You know, older man, you know, with a medallion on and a hairy chest, like all uh, sleezing around. I wouldn't be that. I'd be like, uh, you know, uh, like like a kind of just a friendly, a friendly older man, a shoulder to cry on for the ladies and a bit of sage advice for the young men. I can I can picture it. But you have been on, on, on TV. You you were on Sky News, weren't you, when you were being interviewed as part yeah. of um Social Work News. So, so yeah, you've I mean, been I've... in the public eye. You I have, know what yeah. it's like. Yeah, in terms of um yeah, in terms of professional stuff, you know, bring it back to a serious note. In terms of professional stuff, um yeah, I did Sky News this time last year talking about the uh the case of Star Hobson, who was uh, killed by her mother's partner, and uh, her mother was complicit in that death. 
there was a lot of scrutiny on that. So I was invited to go on Sky News. I've also done things in the past from previous jobs when I used to be a careers advisor. I've been on BBC Breakfast News and so on. So I like the opportunity, to be perfectly honest. You know, yes, it you can naturally feel a bit nervous at times because not nervous or really scared of being on TV. It's more nervous because you want to do a good job, particularly when you know that the opportunities for social workers to be whole, to be heard are so fleeting. What I, I always like about getting the opportunity to go on TV and talk about social work, or I, I used to go on the local radio show and talk about it quite often as well. I've been on like LBC and other radio shows recently. I like the fact that I get to go on and I get to talk about it from a practice and social work perspective, because generally speaking, the people that they get to go on TV and radio tend to be retired social workers, people that no longer do the job, people involved with our associations and unions, maybe emeritus professors and so on. So you kind of just hear the same old lines. So even if it's not me, I'd like to have more practice in social workers who get it so we can talk about the same sort of things that we discuss on this show. Um, Talking about the short telly, I think that's about it for today. Um, So you wouldn't go on Love Island, but if any uh, opportunities come up for news, you would be more than up for that. Is that fair to say, Tilly? Yeah, as long as I'm talking about social work, I can talk about that all day. That's it. Social work, yes. Love life, no. Kind of sounds like... (laughs) I could just be talking about my general life there, to be honest, Tilly. I mean, yeah, story of my life, to be Uh, honest, isn't it? (laughs) That's a no from me. (laughs) I'm not sure if that was about the podcast. That was just a general reflection of life for most of us in this job. Um, Well, guys, uh, we'll be back next week. And like I say, well, next week, um, I think we will do. I think, well, it is. It's social work week next week, isn't it? Um. So we'll probably do something about Social Work Week, but I think the show after that, we will very likely reflect upon the fact that it's been three years since the global uh, pandemic, the COVID pandemic kicked off and lockdown first started here in the United Kingdom. Until then, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me.